When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. Um, this is season five, episode 32. We're killing it. Um, this episode is brought to you by IntelliCast at emi-rs.com. That's our email address. Um, our Twitter is emi underscore research and IntelliCast1. We have two Twitter accounts and you can leave us a voicemail or text us at 513-401-5463. On this episode, Probably the fourth or fifth time she's been on. This is Lisa Wilding Brown. She is the CEO of Innovate, and she's going to talk a lot about kind of challenges in our industry. And she's running for SMR Congress. She's running for re-election. And um, there's nine open spots. I think there's twenty-something people running. And so she is going to be talking about why you should vote for, which is an easy conversation to have because she does so much for our industry. Um, but she's going to talk a little bit about data quality. She's going to talk about um, inclusivity, inclusivity and diversity. She's going to talk a little bit about um, this guest, which I hadn't really heard of in SMR, which is the Young SMR Society. She's going to talk about all the different challenges that we face as an industry. Um, and so I love this conversation. If you work in sampling, it's worth it for sure because she is just so easy to talk to. I really could talk to her for three hours, but I don't know if our listeners would enjoy that. Um, but We're not Joe Rogan. We can't just go for four hours. Yeah, we're not Joe Rogan, unfortunately, as much as I'd like to do this full time. So um, with no further ado, this is Lisa Waddle-Brown. She's the CEO of Innovate, and um, hope you enjoy. Joining us now, we have Lisa Wilding-Brown. Um, if you're not aware, she is the CEO of Innovate, and she is also on SMR Council, and she's everywhere. And I'm really happy to see you and have you on the podcast, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Brian. I really appreciate it. It's good to be back. I love it because you always come in so positive. I can see your smile once you join the podcast. Our listeners don't have that ability, but um, I'm really happy to talk to you because there's so much going on in, in our industry right now. And um, SMR elections are right around the corner. I know that's something, one of the many things you're passionate about um, and helping our industry is being part of that. Um, but maybe before we kind of get into all of your accomplishments through SMR, I know you were just at the SMR conference and I wasn't there and I really hate it because it was in our backyard in North America, that's pretty rare. And it was really truly in your backyard. You could almost probably see it from Rochester, New York, but. I'd love maybe your kind of high-level thoughts initially about SMR Congress and uh, what it was like being there. Oh, it was it was wonderful. It was such a fantastic event. Um, it's the first um, in-person event that SMR has hosted since the pandemic. So there was just a lot of excitement in the air, um, and the SMR team did a just did a fabulous job putting on. I think just a world-class event. Um, there were 
probably over a thousand delegates and, and members there, as well as, as new, newer folks to, to SMR and uh, wonderful content, great venue right in downtown Toronto. And yeah, I actually drove, which never happens. Uh, I usually have to fly everywhere I go. Um, but Rochester, New York, where I'm based is, is right across the water from, from Toronto. So I got to, uh, to drive up there and, yeah, it was, it was, it was a fantastic event. Um, wonderful sponsors from start to finish, um, myself and, uh, Kristen Luck, our current president, uh, along with Alon, who's our treasurer and a couple of the other, other folks at SMR hosted, um, a CEO forum. Um, so we, we gathered about 50 CEOs for a beautiful dinner on that Monday night of the event and got together and, and kind of talked about, all sorts of things. Um, so we, we hosted that, which was a really fantastic event. And, uh, and then I guess another highlight for me was when my wonderful colleague, Sandy Casey, got up on stage with several others and talked about cyber fraud. And, uh, and the name of the presentation was Freeze Fraudster. And what I love about that title is, is what, we, what we finished up doing, which was actually interviewing real fraudsters. And so what, what Sandy did was uh, interviewed a fraudster based in Venezuela who has since seen the light and is no longer doing bad things online. Instead, he is advising companies like ours on what are the new tactics and strategies that fraudsters are employing and how can companies like ours and yours um, be more proactive and try to catch some of these new kind of newer permutations of, of fraud, because that's the thing that's so tricky with cyber fraud is it's constantly evolving and Technology will only cap capture so much. Um, they kind of always look for loopholes. It's very much a game of of cat and mouse. And then and then she also interviewed a fraudster from um, from Bangladesh who is unfortunately still up to to his um, nefarious actions and actually leverages YouTube to curate videos to help teach other people out there that might be interested in employing kind of fraudulent tactics to, to game the survey world. Uh, and he's, he's doing it at scale and, and making quite a bit of money, uh, advising others. So it was really, really interesting. I definitely saw a lot of surprise, uh, and horrified faces in the audience. And it was followed by a, a wonderful, very insightful panel of discussion from, from various thought leaders. So it was really pretty interesting. Yeah, I can imagine. And you said so many great things there. I love that we're exposing it. We kind of have to shine some light on this, right? That's the best disinfectant is to shine some light on it. And so you're interviewing a couple of people. That's fascinating that you're doing that. And also, I'm very proud of the fact that you said that we kind of um, are hiring him for best practices in our industry to help companies prevent it. And it reminds me of the movie Catch Me If You Can, if you saw that. It's a wonderful movie where Leonardo DiCaprio plays someone named Frank Abagnale who frauds everything in the world, and eventually the um, FBI hires him, right, to stop it. And that's what we have to do is to get creative with ways like that. And um, that's that's fascinating that you guys did that. So I'm really proud of you all for that. And, you know, data quality is such a tough issue to tackle. We'll never solve it. You're, you're one of the people shouting at the mountaintop about that, that, you know, fraud is in every industry, and um, it'll never be completely stopped, but we can prevent it, and we can improve, and we can have best practices. So that, that's a huge um, topic, obviously, for me, too. So that's, that sounds really interesting. I wish I was there. Yeah, I mean, we could have we could have used you there, Brian. I mean, I know you've done a lot of research on research around sample quality. So you're absolutely a vanguard on this topic as well. And, you know, I think 
what we've really focused on the last few years, I think as an industry is education, really talking about the perils that exist in our space and in other industries. And, and you know, you and I've talked about this in the past, like we're, we're not going to solve cyber fraud, right? It, it brings down major multi-billion dollar brands and government agencies. And so no, no one is impervious to the threats of, of fraud, but there are absolutely things you can do to be more proactive, both technological as well as methodological layers. But I think what really surfaced for me at, at the end of that presentation was just this need for us to take even more meaningful and material action. And as you know, I'm, I'm running for, for re-election for council. I've been fortunate to be on council the last two years. It's been an incredible experience. And there's a lot of different things that I've worked on during my tenure. Uh, but I, I've been working closely with the council members that are currently on, on council to, to talk about what we could do collectively as an association in partnership with other fantastic associations like the Insights Association. They've done a lot of work on this over the last few months. And Mel and the team have been really great to highlight fraud and and how it transpires in our space and what it looks like and what researchers um, can do to to be more proactive. And so I think that everyone, no matter where you sit in the world, what organizations you're passionate about or members of, we all have a shared common goal of of making more of an impact. And, And that means, I think, really going to where policy is being shaped and and really doing our best effort to influence policymakers to to put in more punitive consequences for this type of activity online, because it, it, to me, it's sort of, we're kind of reacting and we're not really being proactive and really trying to get further into the root cause. Uh, And I think we have to hold the, the mega platforms, whether it's social media or elsewhere, we need to hold them accountable because, you know, in our interviews that we showcased at, at Congress, you know, that fraudster was, was using social media to really socialize the things that he does and the recommendations that he has for others. And so we, we need to go to those organizations and say, listen, you're allowing fraud to, to take place. Um, you're allowing individuals like this to, to educate how to do fraud in a really um, smart and efficient way. And they're benefiting and you're benefiting from all the views and advertising around that. And, you know, I have to believe that a lot of brands may be, unknowingly being kind of advertisers uh, and sponsors of some of those videos. And I, I'm willing to bet they wouldn't want to be associated with that type of call education. So yeah. I think there's a lot that can be done and we all have to come together to, to really make an impact on that front. Um, that's obviously a passion of yours is improving data quality. And you are pretty uniquely situated, I think, in that you, um, you've been in marketing research for quite a while. You um, specifically focused on sample, and I know that you spoke a lot about the dark web and how fraudulent fraudulent people work. And so I'm really happy that um, you represent the sampling industry on SMR currently, and it sounds like this is a passion that will continue if you're fortunate to be reelected. Data quality, however, is not the only thing that you want to focus on. I'm curious... We can probably talk about data quality forever. Yeah. We have in the past for hours and hours. <laughs> so true. Um, so true. What else um, maybe is of importance of you maybe moving forward uh, with moving forward with SMR? Um, 
or what are we passionate about beyond data quality? Yeah, great, great question, Brian. Um, yeah, there's a there's a few different things that I've been really focused on during my tenure that I would continue to focus on because they are they are uh, passions of mine. The first one is the Young SMR Society, or also known as Yes. Uh, which is really uh, a wonderful initiative focused on young researchers, people under the age of 30 who are just starting their career in the industry and are looking for connections and opportunities for new content and learning and and just sort of a, a friendly a, a friendly face and a, and a friendly handshake to, to help usher them into the industry and really become fully engaged in the industry. And so uh, we've, we're proud sponsors as well here at Innovate of, of yes, as well, because I, I think it's just so, so important. I think back to when I first started in the industry, there weren't really formal mentorship programs and it made it, I think, more challenging and a bit more awkward to, to try to find those more experienced people in the industry to help me along. And so, you know, that was sort of in the early 2000s. I've been doing this for a long time. And, and luckily today, there's, there's great mentorship programs in place. Like Wire does a, a wonderful mentorship program where they match uh, very established researchers with, with newer, greener folks in the industry to help them, you know, just track their career. I, I think a lot of times when you start in as a young person, you sort of expect your career to just be this nice, straight upward trajectory, if I can say the word nice, straight line, but really what it, it really looks like, it's more of like a snarly kind of line that loops and curves and, and goes all over the place. I'm, I'm giving you visuals right now, but I'm, unfortunately our listeners can't see what I'm, I'm doing, but you know, that's a normal, natural thing. And I think a lot of young people go in with these expectations around, okay, I'm going to start my career and do this, then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And then they, they get disappointed when it doesn't quite materialize that way. And they, I think, need people who've been in the industry a long time to get that, get that support. So yes, is, is a, a wonderful um, initiative for, uh, for SMR and one that I'm super passionate about and working closely with uh, my fellow yes uh, council members. There's a, there's a few of us on council that have been focused on that particular steering committee. And um, it's just been a, a wonderful, a wonderful initiative to be involved in. I'd love to jump in real quick and on um, this yes initiative. I am a, such a huge fan of what you all are doing. Um, and we have a committee in our chapter for Insights Association that's trying to do the same thing, getting um, ensuring that younger people are engaged in the industry. We're getting new talent into our industry. It's so important. And also they have the resources available to succeed <clears throat> along and shape their career path. And you and I have been in the industry for about the same amount of time. And that's a I really like seeing newer people in the industry that have skills that I don't have. I need them, right? Our industry needs people that have been coding for 10 years just as a hobby. And they can come in and make a difference immediately in our industry. And so I love what this young SMR society, um, growing that and increasing membership and providing them resources. So we keep them in the industry too, right? Like people that come in that are talented, they're going to have options and outside of marketing research. And if we can provide the support they need, the guidance in terms of career pathing, and they understand all the opportunities available, hopefully we can keep most of them in the industry, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm also part of another steering committee focused on DEI. And we talk a lot about, you know, what can we do to be more inclusive, make our research more inclusive, make our teams more diverse. And diversity can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. You know, certainly in the US, it's been very focused on racial equity and diversity within our teams and within our samples, you know, ensuring that 
diverse cohorts have have representation and sample and in our research. But we also need to think about diversity outside of sort of the traditional lens, right? Um, racial equity and gender parity, but also think about diversity of talent and 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 really attracting all different types of talent. Um, to really broaden our horizons as as an industry and to make sure that we have a nice, long, viable path forward where, you know, we're really attracting new talent that's going to broaden our view and make our research that much better. I think that's so, so important. And I agree with that. I'd love to hear your opinion on this. And, you know, I think diversity inclusion is certainly a journey. It is not a destination. It's never going to be completely solved. But when we had that two-year break and seeing conferences. When I went back, I think the first one I went to was probably Insights Association, the national conference earlier this year. It just felt and looked different. And I think I'm really proud of us as an industry in kind of walking the walk instead of just talking about diversity and inclusivity. It just looked different. It felt different. And not just, you know, not just gender and not just the color of people's skin, but I felt like there are people that just came from different backgrounds and um, newer to the industry, like a tenure, there was a, certainly a tenure thing. It wasn't just a bunch of, you know, 45-year-old and insert your own demographic there, but it would look very, very differently. And I know that this is a passion of yours and this should continue, but um, certainly something we need to think about as an industry. Oh, 100%. And, and you're so right. Our work is never done. There is so much more that needs to be done on this front, but I am, I am very pleased to see that we're making progress. And, um, I would agree. I mean, when I was at, when I was at the Congress, it was just so wonderful just to, to be able to connect with people from all over the world, from different regions, different life experiences, different skill sets. It was, it was a wonderfully diverse, um, group of, of folks that came together for Congress. And so I just, I just hope that we continue to see that. And I think if I look back to when I first started in the industry, I was dying to go to a conference and I never got a chance. And my first kind of few years of being in, in the industry was always sort of reserved for top salespeople and, you know, sort of the upper echelon of, of the organization and as an entry-level project manager, which is what I what I started my career in, I just was never kind of given that opportunity. And, and not everyone can go to conferences, right? There's there's limited budgets here, but I do think I'm starting to see more um, entry-level folks at shows that I, I haven't encountered before. And, and it just seems like there's a, a much more diverse cross-section of, of folks that are being invited and, and going to these conferences. And so it's just wonderful to see. And I, I encourage everyone out there to, to, to get involved and, and really put your name forward and say, listen, I want to go to IEX. I want to go to Congress. I want to go to the CRC, whatever it may be, um, yeah. you know, really advocate for yourself and, and really do your best to get there. Because once you start going to conferences, I think your world just really opens up and you start to connect and meet with other people and other organizations and it's uh, it's where the true networking really takes place. And so it's, it just me just keep advocating for yourself so you can get, get an opportunity to go. I think it's a very valuable experience. Yeah, I completely agree. The first thing that comes to mind when I think about going to conferences is I was shocked at how collaborative we are as an industry that 10 different sample companies, we could take one parcel from a sample company, go have dinner and have a great time. We were all best friends, right? And I don't know if that happens in other industries, we really collaborate really well. We play really nice, even if we're competitors. We're really, and especially what you're doing, I mean, you're giving your time, you're volunteering for these committees that you're talking about. 
and you're not really doing it for your own self-interest. You're doing it to give back and lift up the entire industry. And so I'm really happy that you're doing this. I'm proud of you. And I'm, um, but if you look at your LinkedIn profile, a lot of those are volunteer positions and you're in committees to, you know, you, you can do a lot of different things with your time. And so I'm really proud that um, this is what you want to do. You want to be part of the uh, SMR council for another couple of years. And it sounds like there's a lot to tackle. You mentioned a few things. You talk, we talked about data quality. We talked about young SMR society you're involved in. We've talked about diversity inclusion. I mean, that feels like a lot of what, what else is on the docket or your passion. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, it feels good to know that you feel proud of me, Brian. I love that. Uh, and I'm proud of you. You've done tremendous work in the industry too. And I think it is about doing more than just your day job. It's about giving back. And, you know, I, I think you always look back to the younger years of your career and wish things might've been a little bit different, you know, here and there, uh, you know, it all kind of works out in the end as it should, but I'm really trying to correct for some of the things that kind of I struggled with personally when I was younger um, and less experienced. And so mm-hmm. I think if I have a point of view, I should share it and I should try to impact others and, and make a difference. I just, that's just kind of how I'm wired, but um, to answer your question on some other things that I've been working on, certainly we were, if you look at SMR historically, you know, it got its start in Europe. So it historically was a very European centric association and, Kristen and the rest of the council have done a really great job of focusing on how do we expand the association so that, you know, everywhere all over the world, you can benefit from your membership, whether it's getting, you know, access to contents or all the amazing research that's been done over the last 75 years that count, you know, the SMR has been around. Um, connecting with other people, going to local events, whatever, whatever it may be. So we've really been focused on growing the membership. The, the bigger our association is, the more money we can raise for the association and then re-inject that back into, you know, all different types of, of content and, and benefit for our, our members, no matter where you sit in the ecosystem. So I was also part of the, the North American Steering Committee, which was focused on growing our membership. And we, we did a great job. We, we grew our North American membership by over 120% the last time wow. I looked, and I'm sure it's accelerated even further because uh, that was a few weeks ago. Um, so that's really wonderful to sort of get the word out to, to people uh, across the world so that they can see, see the benefit of what SMR brings to the table. And, and again, you know, I think one of the other things that SMR council did this last term was roll out uh, what we call dynamic pricing. And that Mm -hmm. was something that uh, the council did very early on. And the goal of that is to really understand that, you know, there's people that live in developing countries that, that don't have the means to, to pay for their membership in the same way. Um, that someone based in the UK might have. Uh, and so having that that pricing be dynamic based on the GDP and the cost of living for, for a member in you know, um, different countries, different regions is, is, is again, walking the walk and talking the talk, like really putting, putting our efforts and not just sort of talking about it, but really implementing change. And so that was something that was rolled out early on in our term and has had a great impact in making sure that we're more inclusive, no matter where you are in, in the world. Um, and, and then the, the last one that I was involved in is, is a newer steering committee uh, called the CEO Forum, 
We actually had our first inaugural event at Congress where we brought together about 50 CEOs from the industry for a nice dinner and, uh, and advised them on kind of what we're looking to, to build from that uh, inaugural uh, sit down. Uh, but this idea, now that I'm a CEO and I have this, this experience as a CEO, I'm one year into the job, but I can tell you it can be a lonely place when you're a CEO, because there's only one of you at your organization. And um, we thought, wouldn't it be fantastic to sort of bring all the CEOs together uh, as members of SMR and and meet up on a quarterly basis, or even pair more experienced CEOs with newer CEOs like me and exchange learnings uh, that could benefit all of us. Uh, maybe I'm experimenting and trying new things that a more established CEO is not, and I'm, I'm learning from that and I can share that. And conversely, maybe that more established CEO can help me avoid uh, a potential mistake uh, on some new initiative I might be thinking about. And so, you know, it would be non-competitive, of course, we're not going to pair CEOs that compete with each other, but, you know, we've got some big ideas for that that I'm excited to, to implement and in, in hopefully in the next term, if I get get reelected, we'll see. I love the CEO forum and mostly because we have a lot of challenges in our industry that are tough landscape challenges for our industry to grow. So things like privacy, innovation, quality and trust in data, legislation, the legislation, you know, that's not something we're trained upon as researchers, right, is to understand the legislative aspect. And so as a CEO, that's, that's under your purview, right? Now, all of a sudden, you have to you probably have to read some legal documents and understand all those challenges. So I would think that is an integral component of SMR is the opportunity for CEOs to work together to solve common issues. They're not giving away secrets of each company. They're really meeting to try to, how do you navigate this landscape, right? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I'm excited to, to kind of really get that forum up and running because I think it will be a real benefit to the to the membership. And, and that's what we're focused on is how do we develop programs, develop content, develop research on research or task forces to really address the, the, the issues facing our industry and, and really work together. I mean, the good news, Brian, is that we, our industry is just filled with amazingly awesome people that are really kind and generous with their time and want to give back and want to be impactful and make a difference. And so it's, it's not hard to find volunteers. It certainly isn't. There's a lot of people raising their hand, wanting to get involved. So that just gives me a lot of like hope and excitement for the future. I think we're going to continue to, to, to innovate and iterate on the good work that's already been done by organizations like SMR or the Market Research Society or the Insights Association, which I'm really, really involved in as well. I love, I love what Mel and the rest of the team are doing at the Insights Association. In fact, I'm headed to, to the CRC Corporate Researcher Conference next week in New York City, where I'll be speaking uh, about consumer trust so uh, and trust in our industry. So I'm looking forward to that. I think one of the keys is all of these different um, groups working closely together. I'm sure you agree. We can't have SMR doing one thing and the Insights Association you know, doing something different and MRS and other agencies need to all work together. So that's great. I think it's a, it would be a benefit to be involved and see all the sides of it because we these are challenging. We need to share the learnings across all these different and work together. You know, we're mostly all volunteers. There's not that many people that are full-time employed by you know, either SMR or Insights Association. We're mostly volunteers. Um, so I think that's beautiful that you're on both. 
or involved in, in not just those you're involved in lots of different things yeah yeah i mean the, the inside i'll give you an example you know we as part of our steering committee on dei we wanted to put together kind of a library or repository of dei um, documents you know and there's guidelines and best practice presentations demographic guidance there's just a lot of great work that's been done over the last few years and so you know, rather than reinvent the wheel, we went out to all of the associations and said, do you have any great content that you'd like to contribute to our ongoing library? And the Insights Association uh, and the, the Idea Council have been fantastic on all that they've done on the DEI front. And so they've contributed a lot of content for our, our library and we're continuing to build on that and working with other organizations to make that happen. So that collaboration is super important. And we, you know, I think as a as a as an association, SMR is really the global association for the market research industry, but it really relies on great partnerships and, and collaborations with regional or country-specific associations who have their feet on the ground and know, you know, a lot of nuance to, to that particular country or region in a way that I think a large organization like SMR just just doesn't have that local presence to, to benefit. So we really partner really, really closely with these associations and um, everyone everyone benefits from it. I feel like I could talk to you for another hour. Um, <laughs> Same, I love you, Brian. It's always so good to connect with you. You're great. You as well. Um, what, else, what else should people know before they vote or about you? Anything else that we're missing about um, SMR or what you're working on? Um, no, I think we we kind of covered all of it. Um, the, the 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 voting is still open until the end of this month. I believe it's around October twenty fifth or so. Um, I I've heard from some folks that they didn't get the email. So the way it works is um, SMR sends an email with voting instructions. If you didn't get it and you are a current member, definitely check your junk folder because uh, you know depending on sort of the yeah. the um, protocols at your company, you may it may have uh, accidentally gone into the junk folder. I know that's where mine was. So um, definitely check, check those junk folders. And then it will be announced on November 3rd, who the new council will be for the upcoming term. So we're, we're excited for that, but I really appreciate you having me on your podcast. I'm an avid listener and I think you guys are doing great stuff. So thanks again. Well, thank you. And thanks for all you do for the industry. Um, such a great representative of our industry. And I hope it turns out well for you. And I think samples should be represented. I mean, one of the major guidelines on sampling is the buyer's guide that SMR just refreshed. I guess it's been over a year. We haven't updated ours yet, but the 37 questions for um, guide for buyers of sample, that was through SMR with a lot of different volunteers. And so that's very important, especially for not only just marketing research in our industry, but specifically for sampling, um, ensuring that someone from sampling is on council. And so you're active on LinkedIn. That's probably the best place for people to reach out to you. You're active everywhere. So track you down at CRC or a wire event or at an SMR meeting or whatever task force you're working on. And um, <laughs> thanks for coming on, Lisa. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Brian. And yes, for those listening, I'd love to, to, to link up on LinkedIn. So feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'm always looking for more connections. You can never have too many, in my opinion. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.